the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Bring in Vince McMahon. Now, I know that if and when there's a trial in the Senate, uh, Chief Justice Roberts, based on the Constitution, is required to preside over it. But I think Vince would be better here. In case you've forgotten, Vince uh, McMahon is the guy who runs the WWE. That's World Wrestling Entertainment, Pro Wrestling. I'm guessing you know how pro wrestling works. You know, it's fake. It's entertainment. The winners and losers are predetermined. There, unfortunately, are still fans who are dumb enough to think that it's real, but most people know that it is entertainment, and they know that no matter how hard they root for their favorite wrestler, it's not going to matter because his boss told him before the match started whether or not he's going to win, just like the impeachment trial. There are probably some people dumb enough to think that the Democrats can win, but most people know that there's no chance and that the Republicans are going to win. So let's do it like a WWE event. Have Nancy with the smiling face Pelosi come running into the Senate and hit Mitch McConnell over the head with a chair. Maybe have some mayhem with several senators in a cage match, and then at the end, hold up Mitch McConnell's arm and call it a, uh, call it a win for the Republicans. Game, set, match. Well, coming up in a few minutes, we're going to have a serious discussion about this stupidity with uh, John Malcolm of the Heritage Foundation. He's an expert on constitutional government. Meanwhile, how about Joe Biden in the debate that nobody watched last night? He was asked about free infant care. Do you support free universal infant care? There should be free universal infant care, but here's the deal. You know, I was a single parent, too. When my wife and daughter were killed, my two boys I had to raise, I was a senator, a young senator. I just hadn't been sworn in yet. And I was making $42,000 a year. I commuted every single solitary day to Wilmington, Delaware, over 500 miles a day, uh, excuse me, uh, 250 miles a day, because I could not afford, but for my family, child care. It was beyond my reach to be able to do it. Well, that's a nice answer, except that $42,000 in 1972 would be $256,000 a year in today's money. Do you think uh, maybe Joe could afford daycare on that? And by the way, there was no such thing as daycare centers in 1972. If there was no mother or if the mother worked, you hired a babysitter. But anyway, the big news today is that Nancy picked her lineup for impeachment. We'll talk about that when we come back. Stick around. Believe me, I've got a case on Nancy with a laughing face. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike. Another $1,000 increase on your deductible. Another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. 724-884-1496. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. 
And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash America. One more time. To try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Just because it's cold outside, it doesn't mean you need to stop grilling. Not if you've got the right grill, and that would be a Solaire infrared grill. Solaire infrared grills perform equally well in the cold of winter as in the heat of summer. Just like you feel warm from the sun when you step out of the shadows, the Solaire infrared burners heat your food directly, not the air around the food like conventional grills do. The intense heat also results in the juiciest food you will ever taste from a grill, gas, charcoal, or otherwise. To get the great taste, it's all about the heat. And Solaire Infrared from BestHotGrill.com gets hotter than anything you've ever experienced. Try it yourself with the Solaire Demo Program. Solaire is truly the last grill you'll ever buy. Learn more about these amazing USA-made grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. She's such a beautiful little puppy. I mean, we walk around the block and neighbors always say, her hair is so beautiful. Healthy and shiny and glossy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Fatty acids, omega-3s, and omega-6s are great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. I would really recommend people starting their puppies on Dynavite before they get into what I would call the misery index. Bad skin, bad ears, bad breath. Because if they're getting all their vitamins, micronutrients, microbials from the beginning, then you're not going to run into the problems associated with the allergies. Grass, pollen, dust, dirt, fleas, ticks, you name it. And the itching and shedding down the road. Our vitamins and enzymes replace the nutrients cooked out of most commercial dog foods. Dynavite for life. This is Ed Lukasevic. And Cindy Lukasevic. Inviting you and your pets to Dynavite. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, Nancy with the laughing face did it. She brought the articles of impeachment to the Senate. She named her management team. Now it's up to the Senate to try to uh, try President Trump. And if you think there are 67 senators who are going to vote to remove him from office, you are in a very small minority. John Malcolm is vice president of the Institute for Constitutional Government at the Heritage Foundation. He's here to explain what it all means and what we should expect. John, thanks for being here. Happy to be with you. So just can you just tell us uh, what does it all mean now that, uh, that Nancy Pelosi has uh, picked her seven managers or prosecutors and any significance to who those, with the, who those people are or ended up being? Well, <laughs> the significance is that they are going to be the prosecutors, if you will, of the case against the president. The president is choosing his own legal team as well to represent him. Uh, so it's been reported that Pat Cipollone, the White House counsel, and Jay Sekulow are going to be part of that team, and, pro- and probably others will join them as well. Uh, so we're going to begin with the, the House managers making their case against the, uh, the president to all of the 100 senators who will be assembled there. They, you know, I, I, most, if not all, of the people uh, in the House managers are lawyers. I know Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler and Zoe Lofgren and Hakeem Jeffries. I'm, I'm less familiar with the other congressmen, and they are certainly are a more diverse group than the 12 white male Republicans, I believe, who, who uh, conducted the trial against President Clinton in 1998. But, you know, they're, they're going to try to make their case, and the president's lawyers will then have their time to try to rebut that case. Uh, the senators will then have time to ask questions. It's not going to be conducted like any other regular, it's certainly not going to be a regular trial, and it's not going to be a regular Senate hearing. They're not going to be making speeches. They can't even ask the questions directly. They pass the questions up to the Chief Justice, who will be presiding over all of this. Uh, And then at the end of that entire time period, I assume there will be either a vote to dismiss the charges based on on what's been presented, or there'll be a decision made about which, if any, witnesses to call. Now, uh, have the Republicans officially 
agreed at this point to have a trial, or is there still a possibility that Mitch McConnell could just say, uh, we looked at it, and we're just dismissing the charge, which is what I wish he would do, by the way. But Well, they could, they could do that. I just don't think they're going to do that. Mm-hmm. There have been enough Republicans that I think are, are on record saying that they want to at yeah. least hear what the lawyers have to say. Uh, that, you know, look, it's a 53 Republican senators. Uh, if, it, if, if more than three cross over and say, no, this is premature, we don't want to dismiss this, uh, then, then that's it. And I, so I, I would be surprised if they even, I mean, some senator might make a motion to that effect, but I don't think that it's going to be dismissed outright. Uh, the president, who originally wanted to have a whole slew of witnesses, and now says he thinks he wishes that it would get dismissed outright. It, it could happen, but I doubt it will happen. Now, um, what kind of a time frame are we talking about here? And, uh, I mean, we have the Iowa caucuses coming up in, what, uh, three weeks. And right. those senators have to be there for this uh, trial, and uh, they can't be out campaigning. So, uh, I mean, this is going to go on. Is this going to go on to the summer? I mean, how long is it going to go? Well, it's it's hard to say. So if it follows what happened with President Clinton, they and, and I think that it will, they gave the, uh, the House managers 25 hours to make their case up to. The president's lawyers had up to 25 hours to make their case. They, of course, don't have to use that whole time. And then there were another 16 hours set aside for the senators to ask questions, again, in this somewhat bizarre fashion that I outlined, to the lawyers for either side. And then they took a vote on whether to include witnesses, and they had you know, three witnesses, if I recall correctly, who testified via depositions. So they had, they had all been videotaped, and then they, the House managers picked snippets of those depositions, and, and they were played on the well of the Senate. There were no live witnesses. But, of course, if they decide to have a whole bunch of documents and present live witnesses, this could drag on for a long time. And, and yes, the Iowa caucuses are beginning, and the senators are certainly supposed to be there. Uh, and if they decide to absent themselves from the proceedings, the Republicans would have the option of voting to have the, the, the marshal uh, go and, and arrest them and, and force them to sit there. There are going to be other things that are going to go on, too. For instance, the president on February 4th is scheduled to deliver the State of the Union address, so he's going to be speaking to both houses of Congress while this impeachment proceeding is going on, too. So I'm afraid that while this trial is going on, it's going to be a somewhat surreal time, more surreal than usual. Uh, inside the Beltway. Well, the cable news stations, Fox, uh, CNN, MSNBC, are going to have their days filled. Um, but I wonder how much, I mean, this is, this to me, this thing has become such a uh, farce and, and it's such a predictable thing. I, it just seems like such a waste of everybody's time. I can't believe that America uh, is going to be, Americans are going to be glued to their television sets watching this in any large uh, numbers. It's hard to say. I, you know, I agree with you. I don't think, and I've said before, that anybody's minds were particularly changed by the investigation and testimony that went on before the House Judiciary and Intelligence uh, Committees. I think if you went into this thinking that the president was a bad guy who grossly abused power, you probably still believe that. If you think the president's a good guy uh, who acted for proper motives in, uh, in delaying payment of, of funds to Ukraine and investigating Burisma and the Bidens, then that's what you believe. I don't think very many people's minds have been changed. I I have it. I think it's impossible to believe uh, that that 67 voter, uh, 67 senators are going to vote to remove uh, the president. But look, the odds that that was ever going to happen for President Clinton were were pretty low too. His popularity never fell. I think below 60 percent in opinion polls during the the Senate trial. Um, the Republicans felt that it was a necessary thing that they had to do, and that's what the Democrats believe. What the voters will think when this is all said and done, uh, that'll be the big unanswered question. Well, we're, we're talking to uh, John Malcolm, vice president of the Institute for uh, Constitutional Government at the Heritage Foundation. Now, uh, you wrote a piece uh, at the Heritage Foundation a few months ago, uh, and you quoted uh, House Judiciary Chairman Jerry Nadler, who I, I believe is, I see his picture here, so... Up here, sitting, standing there with Nancy. He's on the he's on the uh, on the prosecution team or the yep. uh, on yes, the manager team. 
And this is what uh, Jerry said. There must never be a narrowly voted impeachment or an impeachment substantially supported by one of our major political parties and largely opposed by the other. Such an impeachment would lack legitimacy, would produce divisiveness and bitterness in our politics for years to come, and will call into question the very legitimacy of our political institutions. So um, he said that, uh, John. So if he said that, then, and that was back in 1998, if he said that, then he can now be accused of calling the legitimacy of our political institutions into question. Because he just did what he said would do that, would, would result in that. Yep. <laughs> you are correct. He is, you know, that was then. This is now. Uh, I heard an interview with him a while ago when he was when he was confronted with this quote to which he said, well, the president forced our hand. We did what we had to do. Right. But obviously, Jerry Nadler in, in 2019 and 2020 is not paying much attention to uh, very much attention to what Jerry Nadler said in 1998. <laughs> no, he looked a lot different in 1998. Not that that means anything. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, he has lost some weight. No question about it. <laughs> um, does this? I see that Schiff is on this um, uh, on the um, on the team too, the management or the prosecution team. Um, does his presence on that uh, on the in in the management group there prevent him from being called by the Republicans as a witness? No, I suppose not. Um, it would certainly be take something you didn't think could be more bizarre and make it even more bizarre. Uh, I, you know, I would note that Adam Schiff has experience as a House impeachment manager. The last time there was an impeachment trial it involved a federal judge, and he was uh, one of the managers. And I would also note, by the way, uh, and I know this because Adam Schiff was a law school classmate of mine, he won election by running against then-Congressman James Rogan and, and beating Rogan uh, up one side and down the other for his participation as a manager in the Clinton impeachment trial. So, you know, time certainly changed there, too. But, you know, no, I suppose if if the Republicans vote uh, to have him as witness, then, you know, he, he, he may kick and squawk about it. But, you know, they're entitled to get that evidence if that's uh, if that's what they vote to do. And he would he would testify. And on January, what's the date today? Today's the 15th 15th. So in five days, it'll be exactly uh, three years um, that uh, ago that uh, the day that uh, Trump was sworn in, as you point out in your piece, the uh, Washington Post headline read, the campaign to impeach Trump has begun. And you haven't heard that Mark Zaid, the attorney representing the whistleblower, tweeted, coup has started. First of many steps. Hashtag. Rebellion, hashtag impeachment will follow ultimately, hashtag lawyers. Oh, uh, might that come out during this uh, proceeding? It will if the whistleblower testifies. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any question uh, that, you know, that the impeachment effort began early and, ob- and obviously uh, gathered a head of steam around this Ukrainian uh, effort. But look, the entire Mueller investigation, uh, Congressman Al Green from Texas, Democratic Congressman, introduced his first article of impeachment within a remarkably short period of time after the president was was sworn in. I, you know, I was here for, for the inauguration in Washington and, and watching all of the protests in the streets. Uh, you know, there have been people who, who hate this president from the very start and wanted him to remove him. They are just not con- to content to wait until the next election to try to defeat him at the ballot box. Um, as, as an aside here, this is not necessarily your line of work. Or, uh, uh, talk about this, uh, the political implications of this, but is it kind of amazing that Donald Trump has been able to accomplish anything with so many people being against him? Starting with the Republicans, who st- there are still many of them who I'm sure privately don't like him, and but are maybe begrudgingly um, uh, admitting that he's had some success. But how, how, it's it's kind of a, it's kind of amazing that he's been able to do anything. He's been putting up with this for three years. Yeah, and the intransigence not only by the opposite political party, but by several federal judges that have frustrated his agenda. Uh, has been rather remarkable to observe, but yeah, look, he got uh, he got tax cuts uh, through. He's done an incredible job from the conservatives' perspective in terms of of appointing judges 
Uh, it looks like he's going to get the U.S.-Mexican-Canadian agreement uh, through. Uh, he got the first step back through the most significant piece of criminal justice reform legislation uh, in decades. Uh, so, yes, no, he definitely has things that he can legitimately tout. He will survive, in my view, this impeachment effort, so he will get the opportunity to make his case to the voters. Talking to John Malcolm, he's the vice president of the Institute for Constitutional Government at the Heritage Foundation. So um, you uh, you are a student of the and an expert on the Constitution. What would happen if he were convicted by the Senate and decided to run again? Would that be legal? So that's an- the answer is it depends on what the Senate does, and here's why I say that. The Senate actually can take two votes. The first is whether to remove the president. Mm-hmm. If they vote to remove the president, they can immediately proceed to a second vote that would disqualify him from holding future federal office. Oh, okay. Sometimes that has happened Sometimes it hasn't. Let me give you a very prominent example. Florida Democratic Congressman Al C. Hastings mm-hmm. was at one point a federal judge. He was impeached. He was removed. The Senate did not take that second vote about whether to disqualify him from future office. And lo and behold, he ran for Congress and he won. <laughs> and he is now sitting in Congress. Had they taken that second vote, and disqualified him, he could not have run for Congress. So if they remove the president and they choose not to take that second vote, which is inconceivable, then he could run for re-election. If they take that second vote and then disqualify him from holding future office, he could not. So what, ha- I mean, what do you think the chances are? I, I think you're, I don't think anybody disagrees with you that this, he's not going to be removed. But I also think he's going to be re-elected. Um, and I think, especially when you look at the people who were on that debate last night, that's another story. But I, I think he's going to be a, a reelected. So um, these people have shown that they just uh, cannot um, live with the idea that Donald Trump is president of the United States. And would it surprise you if they tried it again? No, nope. would not surprise me at all. And and, and that would not I mean that's obviously that that's within their constitutional uh, abilities to do that, right? Yes, they, there is no double jeopardy. They would they would not be retrying him for the same offense. It's not even a criminal trial, so the double jeopardy clause doesn't even apply. Uh, and they might try to do it again until, until enough people rise up and say, we're going to make you pay a price at the ballot box because we think you are abusing the system and we don't like what you're doing. I have about a minute left, uh, John. Um, what about the precedent that has already been set by having uh, an impeachment and a now a trial on a 100 percent? Well, not even it was more at almost 100 um, uh, percent partisan decision. I think a couple of Democrats voted against it, but it's basically Republicans. Yes. Democrats. No. What, yeah. what what's the precedent and how what's that going to do going forward? Well, you know, look, I, I, I hope the, the impeachment is a draconian remedy designed to remove a, a, a horribly abusive uh, a president and that where it is so imperative that the person be removed immediately that they cannot wait until the next election and they will undo the votes of 63 million people who voted for this guy. Now, if, in fact, the person really is an abusive miscreant who needs to be removed immediately, so be it. But by doing this along purely partisan uh, political lines, I think it sets a terrible precedent and it really risks weaponizing and routinizing the impeachment process in, for future for future presidents in a way that would be horribly damaging to our country. Well, I'm out of town, uh, time, John. Uh, if you have any pull down there, I'd really appreciate it if you would um, see if you could get Vince McMahon to preside over this. I still think it <laughs> would be a good good way to go forward. But I appreciate your well, time. Good to be with you. All right, thank you. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The U.S. House has voted to send two articles of impeachment against President Trump to the Senate. The House also approving the chamber's prosecutors. 
The U.S. and China have signed what's being called a first-phase trade agreement aimed at lowering tensions in the long-running dispute between the world's two biggest economies. The deal was signed at the White House by President Trump and the Chinese vice premier. It's expected to boost exports from U.S. farmers and manufacturers and protect American trade secrets. In Hawaii, three people in custody after military officials say they found a live mortar round in their vehicle at the gate of Pearl Harbor military base. Stocks ending a wobbly day with modest gains, but they were enough to send the Dow to its first close above 29,000 points. The Dow picked up 90 points today, closing at 29,030. The Nasdaq was up 7 and the S&P picked up 6. This is SRN News. Thinking about life insurance? Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with Select Quote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Do Hewitt is feeling the burn. Bernie is surging. The Sanders surge is real. It came out yesterday. Bernie Sanders, 20. Elizabeth Warren, 17. Pete Buttigieg, 16. Joe Biden, 15. You're down to four. Bernie, Buttigieg, Biden, and Warren. It's, it's, it's Bernie's race to lose. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. Choose E-Verify, the enhanced employment eligibility verification tool that can confidently confirm work eligibility. They've got a new look and the process has never been better. Check it out and get started at everifygovernor slash go. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy & Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spira, at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country and Plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code HALFOFF. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code HALFOFF. AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Jam-packed on the Parkway West, inbound Montour Run Road to 60 and Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound and also delays Parkway Center Drive to Carnegie Parkway East. Got an accident off to the shoulder at Edgewood. Swissdale, you're jammed up from Boulevard of the Allies on out. And also on outbound Parkway East, disabled vehicle blocks off the shoulder as you approach the Greenfield Bridge overpass. Outbound Parkway North Heavy from 19 up to Cemetery Lane, McAleer Road to the 79 Merge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. Mainly cloudy with some rain or snow showers for tonight, low 35. Cloudy, windy and cold with a flurry for Thursday, high 36. 
Thursday night, an evening snow shower, otherwise clouds, low 20. Friday, sunshine and clouds, high 31. And Saturday, snow and ice up to an inch accumulating, then changing to rain with a high 42. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, when the Cleveland Browns filled their coaching vacancy, that meant that no black coaches were hired by the NFL this time around. Sally Jenkins is a columnist for the Washington Post. She wrote about it today, and she's not happy with it. She joins us now. Sally, thanks for being here. My pleasure. So the headline of your column says that diversity hiring ends with the owners but starts with the coaches. Uh, that sounds a lot like the problem is an old boys' network. Well, I think that the, the, the less noticed aspect of this entire issue, you know, it's, everyone is very quick to point fingers at the, the billionaire owners and say that they're at fault for the failure of the Rooney Rule and not, not hiring more black head coaches. But the candidate pool is, is actually the, the bigger concern to me. Uh, it's, it's a situation where you have a lot of head coaches hiring uh, young white versions of themselves and not promoting uh, promising uh, black or minority assistants on their staffs and leaving them in the smaller position coach uh, jobs uh, and not, not putting them in the pipeline and giving them the stepping stone jobs to interviewing with an owner for a head coach's job. You say there's a, uh, yeah, I think what you wrote in the column is, uh, I have it here, a deep racial bias among a generation of head coaches who have made a habit of promoting white replicants of themselves. Uh, is that racial bias or just a case of guys hiring their friends or assistants they know from having worked with them? Well, look, I don't know what else to call it when 91% of the offensive coordinators in the NFL are white and mm -hmm. 70% of the players in the NFL are black, uh, including uh, the most exciting quarterbacks in the league, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. W why, why are there no black offensive coordinators? You know, what is that? I don't know what to call that other than a, a racial bias. Now, I don't know whether it's conscious or unconscious. I'd prefer to think it's unconscious. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, again, I don't, what phrase characterizes those statistics? Yeah. That disparity. You have to call that disparity something. It's something. And I, but that's what, that's what I always wonder about is, um, you know, racial bias is, I mean, I guess that's not as strong a term as racism or saying that these, these guys are racist for not hiring, um, a black, um, black, uh, uh, offensive coordinator. But, I mean, how much of it is just guys uh, are going to hire people that, number one, they have worked with over the years, uh, guys they're familiar with, they're friends, and a white guy is going to have certain people in his circle as opposed to a black guy, just the way the world is right now. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I just I wonder how much you can – some people would like to just call it flat-out racism, and I, I just, I'm not ready to buy that. Well, I think you have to go team by team and coach by coach and staff by staff. I don't think you can paint everybody with the same broad brush, obviously. Uh, I do think that the, those statistics, though, are so uh, – the gap is so large that it just doesn't uh, – it doesn't make sense that it's, that it's, you know, some harmless sort of buddy system. Uh, you know, I think something more is going on, particularly, you know, if you look at – I mean, I'm going to call someone out. Tom Coughlin's staffs. Right. have not been very diverse over mm -hmm. the years. I mean, it's actually pretty disgraceful, I think. If you look at his staffs at the New York Giants over the years, um, you know, I, I had a problem with them. I, you know, I think there was there was cronyism. I think they were maybe on a, on a staff of, you know... Uh, you know, 20 people, you might find, you might find three black guys, you know, and, and in this day and age, in this league, there's just so much football knowledge and so many, so many terrific uh, position coaches that that just doesn't make sense. You know, it's, look, the argument for diversity is not that it's right or that we're supposed to be doing a bunch of social engineering. It's that it's better and smarter and more creative. I mean, you know, the enemy uh, in Kansas City is hands down, you know, one of the most potent uh, offensive coordinators anywhere. And Andy Reid uh, and he have forged a great partnership. He's a, clearly a tremendous, tremendous candidate as a head coach. And yet he's been on seven job interviews in the last two years and not gotten a single offer. Meanwhile, you've got 38 and 37-year-old guys with very, very, very thin credentials, but very strong family ties who are landing in head coaching jobs. You know, it's it, it's really... You know, I don't want to point a finger and call people out as racist, but I'm also really sick and tired of, of watching it. And I think people like me have to start speaking up about it. One of the things that's most discouraging is that no one seems to care as much as they should. 
you know? Yeah. And it, until, until people other than a cadre of black assistant coaches and a small cadre of black sports writers and black sports announcers, until people beyond those circles start talking about this and really looking at it and saying, what is it? It's not going to change, and it's not going to get any better. Yeah, and here's the thing, though. And, and again, I'm not disagreeing with any of it, but I'm trying to put myself in a position of being a um, an owner or a general manager who's been assigned by his owner to pick a head coach. So let's just look at, and I, aside from the issue of whether they are, are being given a chance to be put in the position to be hired by being given jobs as coordinators, um, you know, we had five openings, uh, and, and four of the five were filled by white men. And so let's put, go back a few weeks when we had the five openings. And say three of them are filled, and I'm the uh, I'm the owner of the Cleveland Browns or the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. I've had um, a couple of guys in mind who I think I want as head coaches. Maybe I've had them in mind for a while, uh, and neither one of them is black. But after the after the first three teams hire three white guys, am I now pressured into hiring a black guy? And is that uh, maybe even if it would be right? See that I, that's I, look. I'm pretty sure Jim Haslam doesn't feel pressure about anything. The guy's got how many billions of dollars? I mean, these are look. The owners don't feel pressure. You know, they, they are so insulated from anything. I mean, that's that, I think that's silly. Well, I, I don't I mean pressure, don't, pressure. I mean, do I feel obligated that I should like? Uh, does that change? Look, does it change I, my look, search when when the three are already hired? They're not black. The point here is not to make anyone feel obligated. The point here is to change a mindset where it's not it should it's not like you're you should be bending yourself completely out of shape to interview the best candidates and hire the best candidates. You know, no one's talk this is not a matter of of, you know, affirmative action. This is this is basically saying, look, you know, the statistics show that there are tons and tons and tons of promising young black assistant coaches in this league. They come out of their former players. They come out of college football. They come out of pro football. What is going on here that they cannot get into the job pipeline and into the candidate pool? Uh, the statistics show the NFL's own research shows that these guys are being shunted to running backs coach and defensive backs coaches uh, and receivers coaches, and they're left in, the, in those uh, lesser position coaches' jobs for years at a time without being given a shot. Uh, to develop and to uh, to call plays, when a, when a black man is a candidate as a head coach, uh, it, it's very rare, and and most of them are are sent over to the defensive side and become defensive coordinators rather than offensive coordinators. For one thing, because people consider that people in the league consider that the less thinky uh, side of the field. You don't have to be a thinking man on defense. You know that's one of the old saws in the league that. You know, so there's stuff going on here that is clearly, um, if you don't want to call it bigotry, if you don't want to call it racism, then just call it a soft bias. But the fact of the matter is that it's inexcusable in this day and age with as many qualified black men as there are in that league. It is simply incomprehensible. And, you know, look, one of the things that's going on, as I pointed out in my column, is that it's becoming very much of a family business, sort of like NASCAR. Yeah. I mean, you look, you look at who Ron Rivera has uh, has just put on his staff. There are at least three coaches' kids on that staff, including his own. And what they do is they start them off as quote quality control. If you look at all of the uh, coaching staff rosters in the NFL, you look for the quality control coaches. They're always someone's kid. Okay. You know whose kid they aren't? Eric Bieniemy's kid. Mm-hmm. You know Marvin Lewis's kid. You know Hugh Jackson's kid. They're always you know like um, you know the, someone else's kid, a white kid for the most part, yeah. you know? That's really true. The only people putting guys in those jobs, Marvin Lewis and, and Hugh Jackson, you know, have to do it for everybody. And the only white coaches who've really been helping them out, it appears to me, by putting qualified candidates and putting promising young coaches in, uh, in you know, uh, the pipeline towards, you know, promotions, are Andy Reid and Bruce Arians. Mm-hmm. Bruce Arians has made Byron Lefwich... Uh, an offensive coordinator, and before that, um, uh, Hugh, uh, uh, Godwin, I believe, he made an offensive coordinator. Bruce Arians has a terrific record. Bruce Arians has no problem finding very promising, very good young black coaches who can call plays and now, who can coach offense. But here's right? the thing. So if, he, if, if Bruce Arians can do it, how come other people can't do it? Right, well, Why is he the only one who can find anyone who's qualified? Byron Lefwich is a good example, but Byron Lefwich... 
um, started as an intern in Arizona yeah. with Bruce Arians. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce Arians hired him as an intern. Then he made him a quarterbacks coach, and then he promoted he promoted him up through the ranks as the as the guy showed promise. That could happen to any. That could happen to hundreds of players like Byron Leftwich. Mm-hmm. Byron Leftwich is not some you know genius freak. He is a very good, very smart, very well-schooled uh, quarterback who's now turning to coaching. There's, I have to believe, hundreds of other people like him, but they don't have a Bruce Arians. Yeah, I, I, but I, my question is, is there a disparity in the number of, of black uh, coaches and black ex-players, for that matter, which is what Byron Leftwich is, who are willing to start out as interns? Is it the, is it the same Is it as easy to find a black kid who will do that as there is a white kid? I don't know the answer to that, but well, I mean, I'd like to know be, if anybody's would, looked into it. Why would it be any different? I mean, why on earth would... Why would, well, I mean, I'll give you an example of why it would be different, Sally. If, I, if I'm a... Uh, most of the players in the league, 70% of them are black. And they're now, I don't know what the minimum salary is now. It's up to like 450000 bucks a year, I think. If you're any good at all, you're going to make a, and you last for three or four years, you're going to make millions of dollars. And there's not that much of a, an incentive to go get any kind of a job, much less in coaching. But if you are a, uh, a guy who played um, at, 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 a, at a Division two school, or if you're a guy who was a college football player but not good enough to play in the NFL, you may be more inclined and have more incentive to pursue coaching because that's the only way you're going to make a living. And I just don't know if that plays into it at all. So, I mean, so why did Mike Vrabel pursue coaching? I mean, Mike Vrabel made a fortune playing NFL. I mean, what's your point? I mean, what's the difference? Why why is it any different for... If a, if a, a black player is Well, to what I'm saying, I, I, if you look football? at a list of the offensive coordinators, you're not going to find a list of names that you recognize, other than the fact that you recognize them as, you know, you're not going to be, they're not too many recognizable players working as offensive coordinators. All these, these white guys, they, they didn't come from the NFL. They didn't play in the NFL. If they did, well, they might have been a backup quarterback. I, plenty of them came from the NFL. I mean, uh, the, Kellen Moore. I mean, look, they come from, sure, they come from the, the players' ranks. Sometimes they come from the collegiate ranks. Sometimes they come from the coaching. Sometimes they came up through administrative routes uh, and, um, and the personnel, you know, personnel side of the ball, you know, or the personnel side of the administration uh, of either a franchise or uh, an athletic department. They come from all over the place. But I'll tell you one thing that really helps you is if you come from the state of Pennsylvania and you've got any kind of connection, um, you know, to Penn State. Uh, or to Youngstown State, you know, I mean, if you look at a lot of those guys' credentials, uh, some of the guys you're talking about who are lesser known, they all come from this, uh, you know, a particular sort of background, you know? Yeah. Um, now, that was interesting that you pointed that out, that they come from Catholic high schools. Yeah. I mean, there's I, I, there's a little bit of that going on, and I don't know, um, you know, I don't know if it's just a circle of guys who know each other. You know, one thing I do know is a, a very prominent a cord, longtime NFL coordinator told me there's very much of a gentleman's agreement among coaches in the NFL to put each other's sons into those quality control jobs and mm-hmm. into assistant coaching jobs uh, because they want it for their own kids. So, you know, there, there's a lot of back scratching going on. Hey, we had a guy you know? here, Sally, Todd Haley. His dad uh, here in Pittsburgh, and he's been a head coach, not for very long. But his dad, I knew his dad, Dick Haley, played at Pitt and became uh, one of the guys in the personnel department that put together the great teams of the 70s. Todd Haley, his son, uh, became uh, the offensive coordinator for a couple of teams, including Kansas City, then became their head coach. He was a, a very successful offensive co- coordinator from time to time, and had, he had some success here, too. He never played football, ever. He played, was a, he played on the golf team at his high school, local high school here, and he was a head coach in the NFL. Never played football. But his dad was Dick Haley, so helped him out a little bit. Well, I mean, look, so a guy like John DeFilippo, right? He's Gene DeFilippo's kid, right? He, he doesn't have, like, the most, um, you know, sort of uh, football-heavy, um, you know, background or childhood or, or upbringing. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't reared necessarily, you know, he wasn't steeped in football. His, his father was an athletic director, uh, you know, and a, and a college athletics administrator. And yet, you know, he's about to get his fourth job as an offensive coordinator um, in the league, you know. Uh, I mean, it, the, the league is full of guys like that, you know, and some of them are immensely talented. You know, just because you're a coach's kid doesn't mean you're undeserving. Kyle Shanahan is a genius, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, for my money. Um, you know, I, so it's not, about, it's not about who's undeserving. 
it's about the fact that the candidate pool could be much bigger and much better, and I don't understand why it isn't um, or why it can't be. And it is, it is something that requires a shift in mindset. I'm not a big one for new mandates. I don't think you need a bunch of new Rooney rules or a bunch of new... Like, I don't think that fixes the problem. They don't work. Uh, no. it, I don't think they particularly work. I don't like quotas. I don't like mandates. You know, it has to take a change of heart. But you can't have the change of heart without the recognition first. You have to point this out, and you have to say, what's going on? Take a look at yourself. Take a look in your own heart. Take a look on your own staff. Take a look at the young black linebacker coach or the young black running backs coach and ask yourself if he's getting the opportunity and the teaching from you that you are giving to someone else's kid. You know, yep. that's what has to happen on these coaching staffs. Okay. Hey, Sally, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you being on. Uh, one last thing I'll just leave you with that I, I, I could, we could go on, but I'm out of time. Uh, I would like to see um, black at, pro athletes, the, the really successful ones, get into ownership, buy a team. And, uh, you know, that's one way to avoid all the stupidity. Own the team yourself. And they got enough money now, some of them. I'd like to see more ownership across the board for players. I'd like to see them all have bigger stakes, whether it's through labor negotiations, whether it's through amassing their own fortunes and buying into their own teams. Uh, I would just like to see players, whether we're talking NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, have more self-ownership, period, across the board. WNBA, you name it, all these leagues, college athletics. Sally, thank you very much for being here. Sally Jenkins, Washington Post columnist. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay, we'll be right back. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRSPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roof roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Don't let your home be invaded this season with rats and mice keep them away the most humane way with plug-in pest free 100 percent chemical free totally safe for your family and pets and environmentally friendly g'day i'm scott from plug-in pest free the electromagnetic pest control device that has been scientifically tested and consumer proven since 1995 now that's fair income with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a two-year manufacturer's warranty what have you got to lose Stop inviting unwanted rodents and pests in with baits. Say goodbye to traps and start saving money today with plug-in pest-free. Order yours now at gopestfree.com and save 20% with promo code PEST20. That's gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. Are you ready to start saving money? gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. Shopping online this holiday season? Finding the perfect gift from your computer, tablet, or smartphone is a breeze. Just a few taps, and you're done. But all that online shopping? It could expose your personal information and leave you potentially vulnerable to identity theft. And you may miss certain identity threats by just monitoring your credit. Like someone selling your info on the dark web, or taking an online payday loan in your name. Good thing there's LifeLock. They monitor your personal information, and if you have a problem with identity theft, They work to fix it. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock offers something that's perfect for the holidays and beyond. Not having to worry if identity theft happens to you. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Go to LifeLock.com and use promo code SMART. That's promo code SMART at LifeLock.com to save 25% off. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. 
We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. So, Michael Avenatti was arrested by the IRS last night. You remember him, the guy the media fell in love with. My favorite was when the ladies on The View compared him to the Holy Spirit. And you know what? I owe Michael Avenatti an apology. For the last couple of weeks, I've been saying, enough already, Michael. I've seen you everywhere. What do you have left to say? I was wrong, brother. You have a lot to say. The Democrats could learn something for you. You are messing with Trump a lot more than they are. With Avenatti, who, who has done a uh, you know, fascinating legal job and political job here at the same time since he's taken on the Stormy Daniels case and has had some success and failure in the courtroom, but had a tremendous amount of success in the public sphere. L- lately, to me, you're like the Holy Spirit. You are. Oh. But he has a great, bigger calling here. That being a lawyer is minimal compared to what he's doing. The priesthood? What a, whatever. He's out there saving the Look, country. Rudy Giuliani did something today that Donald Trump has not dared to do. Rudy Giuliani insult, insulted Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti is a beast. Okay, that's true. And he, He's a beast. He's a beast. And he keeps popping Donald Trump and all of his folks in the mouth repeatedly. He's a beast. And he is. so. Yeah, they actually slobbered over him as much as they slobbered over Beto O'Rourke. By the way, I missed the debates last night. How did Beto do? Beto, Beto, Robert O'Rourke? That's it for today. I will uh, talk to you tomorrow. By the way, Avenatti is accused of scamming a client by the IRS out of $840,000. Just thought I'd throw that in. Hope it was somebody in the media that he scammed. Let's talk to you tomorrow. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.